Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. Wow, it is November, and this is the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. And my name is Michael Nazarak. I'm your host. Uh, Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend and really good ho- co-host, <laughs> Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well. I was just chuckling to myself because you sounded surprised that this was the Mastermind podcast and that you were Mike Nazarek. That, that just made me laugh. <laughs> As I've got so many things going through my uh, mind. You know, here in uh, – we were just talking about this before the, the, the show, and I'm just going to go over this real quick here. It's in Las Vegas. There is a Christmas season people here, and they have the lighting of the Ethel M. Cactus Field it is a thing here in Henderson. They they put like more than a million different light bulbs, colorful bulbs on all these cacti in this field right next to this chocolate shop. So they you know you get go there and get some free chocolate, pay overpay for some expensive cheap chocolate or whatever, and you get to see all these fantastic uh, lights. And then you see the kids with Santa. And it was a great old time, but I had to cut it short. Why? Because we're doing the podcast, and that's what we do this time of year. But my wife insisted that we go, and we actually had a good time. It's something that if you guys ever get to Vegas, to Henderson here, uh, during this time of year, they have the, the cacti. It's not the tree, the cacti field lighting ceremony, and they've been doing it for 26 years. <laughs> so, so anyway, let's get right to the news and notes of this week in the NFL. And there are a, a huge amount of teams on a buy, six of them. New England, Houston, Jacksonville, Denver, Philadelphia, and, and Washington. If you got any of the players on those teams, you got to sit them. If people are going to be scrambling for running backs, wide receivers. In one league, I'm starting J.D. McKissick this week because three of my running backs are on a bye. It's just, uh, it's just everyone's scrambling. So, anyway, make note of those teams. Uh, a couple of quick injury notes uh, before we get into our special trading uh, section that uh, that, that uh, Chris has prepared for us to talk about a lot of potential guys with the trading deadlines coming up that you might want to trade for or or trade away. We'll see here real quick. Anyway, Panthers put Cam Newton finally on our with that foot injury, so it's going to be Kyle Allen the rest of the season. His contract's uh, up at the next year, Newton's contract is, and so they have a decision to make. They can cut him and, and save almost $20 million, or they can keep him, and I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to be interesting. And unfortunately, down in Miami, they, they got their first big win against the Jets. Well, yeah, big win there. Anyway, they lost Preston Williams for the season with a, a knee injury. Uh, I think it's an ACL injury. They didn't really, really weren't specific on that. But anyway, to the other part of the team, I want to talk about this. Mark Walton's been suspended four games. You know, he got in some trouble with the law, and the NFL handed it down the suspension. So it's going to be Kalen Ballinger and a bunch of no-names. So, Chris, real quick, uh, before we get your trading segment here, uh, you got Mark Walton on your team. 
if, if Ballage is out there, I guess you go pick him up. But, I mean, you think Ballage is going to carry the load here, or what's going to happen with Miami? Well, he, he's going to be asked to carry the load. The question is, can he do it? I mean, he's he, he's just looked terrible when given the opportunity to, to start or to have significant touches. And without having the opportunity to come in and spell somebody, I mean, God, I, I'm really concerned that it's going to be a disaster. Uh, that's really unfortunate because Miami does have a pretty favorable schedule throughout the rest of the year where a guy like Mark Walton and definitely Preston Williams could have been really valuable to your team down the stretch run. I guess it's going to be the Fitzmagic show to Devonta Parker and Albert Wilson. If he's out there, you Preston owners, uh, Preston Williams owners might want to pick up Albert Wilson and or Alan Hearns, believe it or not, is catching passes there. But it's the uh, yeah, it's 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 one big mess. I don't know about you, uh, Chris, but after seeing Kenyon Drake the first carry as a Cardinal rip off a thirty some odd yard run. Um, it's almost like uh, I think that there was some kind of tank job going on there in Miami, uh, whether they were trying to keep Kenyon Drake off the field so they could lose these games. I don't know. It's just something smells fishy to me. I don't know what's going on there, but, you know, let's move on. So let's let's talk about the trading deadline. Most of the leagues, this is week 10. A lot of leagues have either 10, 11, 12 deadline. A lot of guys out there that are underperforming or actually maybe overperforming. They have good matchups left or maybe they have bad matchups. So let's take about the, talk about the guys that you want to consider acquiring here uh, coming up in your trade deadline as well as why you want them, what's going on. Well, let's start with the quarterback position. So let's talk about a couple of guys that you might be uh, targeting uh, to, to acquire here. Yeah, and again, I'm not going to say things obvious like, hey, you might want to get Lamar Jackson. He could be valuable. You know, that doesn't help anybody. So I'm going to give you a couple of guys yeah. – one guy that's kind of on the fringe of probably already starting and maybe he's going to be outperforming, or a guy that probably you can maybe even get off the waiver wire or add to your bench just in case your starter gets hurt or that really can, can fill in if you're really desperate. So I'm going to start with Drew Brees here. Um, he, he was dropped by some people because of the injury, or, or maybe you held on to or maybe you picked him up from some panicky owner. Hopefully you did because you look ahead throughout weeks 10 through 13, and he's got Atlanta, Tampa, Carolina, and Atlanta again. That's four straight games against division foes he knows well, and three of which are Atlanta and Tampa, which can't cover anybody. So he should be primed to lead you through the stretch of your regular season if you held on to him. By the way, he's thrown for over 370 yards in every game he's finished so far this year. So it's, he's still Drew Brees. And then I know this sounds crazy, but think about Baker Mayfield. I mean, you can get him for next to nothing, stick him on your bench. Throughout um, your stretch drive, weeks 10 through 13, he's got Cincinnati, Arizona, Oakland. These are bottom-dwelling pass defenses with a lot of weaknesses to exploit. He's going to get Kareem Hunt back starting this week, so that's another pass catcher. And he's got multiple wide receivers, so even if he faces a shutdown corner, he's got other options. So those are two guys to get you through the rest of your uh, stretch drive. In the fantasy playoffs now, you look at week 14 to 16, I kind of like Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's, he's certainly played better recently. And I look at the three games he has in weeks 14 to 16. He's got Oakland, Houston, and New Orleans. These are three games against bottom five pass defenses so far, at least as far as what they allow to the quarterback. And they also have a couple of tough matchups on the ground, some, some tough run defenses. So they might be a little more reliant on Tannehill and a little less reliant on Derrick Henry in their own playoff push. Uh, during weeks 14 to 16. So he's a sneaky waiver wire pickup there. Okay. That's interesting. I did not know about that, about Mayfield and the, and the Browns. And we're talking about a quarterback that's yet to throw for more than one touchdown in a game, but that could change because you've got OBJ, and when you're facing those types of sorry secondaries, 
things can change, and I guess OBJ might be someone also to maybe target, uh, you know, because of the, the schedule and all. But let's move to the running back position. Uh, give me a couple of guys that you might think uh, you might want to trade for uh, and then talk about uh, the playoff run there for uh, another possibility. Yeah, there's actually quite a lot of running backs who are kind of on the outside looking in with, with some great matchups. And uh, I'm going to start with Tevin Coleman. He's a guy I tried to trade for or to pick up weeks ago when he was first coming off the injury. He's been exploding recently, so he's, he's going to get a little more expensive. But I look again at weeks 10 through 13, and he's got Seattle, Arizona, and Green Bay at weeks 10 through 12. Only Seattle is outside of the bottom seven in fantasy points allowed or rushing yards, but they also give up a ton of running back touchdowns. They give up the third most touchdowns in the league. So all three of those throughout your stretch drive is going to be really valuable. And Coleman's the clear goal line back and the number one guy in a, in a multi-headed RBBC there. And then the sneaky guy, and I went ahead and picked him up in many of my leagues two weeks ago, or last week, is Darius Geis. Um, he's someone you can get dirt cheap. He's probably on your waiver wire. People forget he, he went on the IR, but he's going to come back. When he was healthy, AD was a healthy scratch. Now Washington faces three straight defenses in the bottom five of fantasy points per game to running backs, Carolina, Green Bay, and Detroit in weeks 11 through 13. And Washington has nothing to gain by riding a veteran like, like Peterson down the stretch. So yeah, that's a sneaky pickup that might be able to get you through those late bye weeks or, or down the end of your regular season. Looking ahead to the playoffs now, um, a guy that's been struggling all year is Joe Mixon. And I know, I know this offense is terrible so far, but, boy, you look at Cleveland, New England, and Miami in weeks 14 to 16, the two worst run defenses in the league sandwiched around a game against New England, who just was, has been exposed the last few weeks on the interior running game by, by, by guys kind of hammer up the middle, kind of Joe Mixon's bread and butter so far this year, even with the poor offensive line. Now, speaking of New England, you've got Sony Michelle on the other side. He's got some really tough matchups from now till the end of the fantasy regular season. But weeks 14 to 16, Casey, Cincinnati, and Buffalo in the playoffs. And that plus bad New England weather could make him a very solid threat for some high volume after slumping like, through weeks 11 through 13. You can also kind of think about Le'Veon Bell. He's got great matchups all the way down the road. But, boy, he blew a great matchup against Miami this week. So even though I kind of liked him, Going into this article, the more I thought about it, the more I'm a little bit hesitant until I see that run offense start to produce something. Well, the concern, of course, with Levy and Bell, has got that sore knee, went in for an MRI, and they've been kind of been mum about it. Although uh, Schefter, uh, Adam Schefter from ESPN, said that he, the source said he was good. We'll see. He's not going to practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he's going to practice uh, later this week and play. Last week, uh, he didn't get much on the ground, but he did, I think, catch uh, eight, eight passes. So in a PPR league, he's still pretty valuable. But uh, you're right about that. It's very interesting, good stuff. Let's move to the wide receiver position. Give me a couple of guys that you might want to think about trading for now and, and one maybe uh, that's got good matchups uh, you know, down the road for the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, you mentioned OBJ earlier. You can probably kind of throw him in as well because he's got all the same matchups that Baker Mayfield does. Um, he's going to be a little bit bigger name, harder to come by, but obviously underperforming, might be able to buy low. A couple of guys that are probably considered RB or wide receiver number three, maybe, more or less, sometimes four. I'll start with Robbie Anderson, weeks 10 through 13. He's got the Giants, Washington, Oakland, and Cincinnati, four absolutely terrible pass defenses, all of whom in particular are very liable to getting beat deep, Robbie Anderson's specialty. Got decent possibilities in the playoff weeks also, so this might be a good target off the waiver wire or in a cheap trade to kind of ride throughout the whole rest of, of your fantasy season. Uh, and then focusing just on weeks 10 to 13, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, I definitely like everyone does what he's done 
in his first couple games with Frisco. And while the running back should also have success, the passing game might be even better. He's got four straight games, weeks 10 to 13, against bottom 10 pass defenses, and Sanderson has already stepped into a high-volume role. I will caution that those these four teams he plays in weeks 10 through 13 give up a ton of yards and catches, but for some reason have a little bit disproportionately low touchdowns in the air. So maybe his touchdown potential might not be there, although he scored in each game as a 49er. And then looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs, weeks 14 to 16, a guy that some people are starting to sour on because he slumped a little bit, and now they're going to have potentially a quarterback change back to fold, is DJ Chark. Um, he's got the Chargers, Oakland, and Atlanta in weeks 14 to 16. So I think the deep passing game should be wide open in weeks 15 to 16 in particular. And in week 14, the Chargers have been mediocre and inconsistent, although they do have that one, that one uh, shutdown corner in Casey Hayward. So regardless of who's under center, I think Chark should have some good playoff potential and some big play possibility uh, to, to maybe acquire from somebody who's a little bit disappointed in his recent production. Okay, so lots of good names there, people. I hope you're taking notes here. Lots of good stuff. Okay, let's move to the tight end position. A couple of guys that uh, you think are worth uh, acquiring or trying to acquire here uh, in the next uh, two, three weeks, and uh, what about down during the fantasy playoffs? Okay, the first one I want to mention in weeks 10 to 13 is Gerald Everett. Um, he's kind of come on the second half of the year so far, the second half of what we played so far. But looking ahead to weeks 10 to 14, he's got Pittsburgh, Chicago, Baltimore, Arizona, Seattle. Arizona and Seattle are just flat bad against the position, and Chicago and Pittsburgh have been mediocre overall but very poor in the last three weeks. So they might be showing signs of, of really showing some, some places to be exposed. Lots of opportunities for targets in the short term, especially if Brandon Cooks is still out with that concussion. So Gerald Everett's a guy who's kind of on the fringe of being a starter right now but should put up very solid numbers throughout your fantasy stretch drive. And then, God, I almost hate saying this because I, I, I hate relying on rookie tight ends, but, but I like T.J. Hawkinson's schedule a great deal. Um, they got Chicago, Dallas, Washington, Chicago, again, through weeks 10 to 13. Washington's not bad versus the tight end, but the whole team is bad. And the other three games, the two against Chicago and the one against Dallas, these are teams that are bleeding points to the tight end at a bottom five level. So Hawkinson is definitely going to have opportunity in what's probably going to continue to be a high-volume passing offense with all the injuries at running back that Detroit has had. And then looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs, I'm going to lean on old reliable Greg Olson. Um, weeks 14 to 16, Atlanta, Seattle, Indianapolis. All three of these teams have been, like, allergic to covering the tight ends. They can't do anything to, to even come close to those guys. And all three of these teams are on pace to allow over 1,000 yards receiving on the season to the position. So Olsen should be a big part of that passing game, especially now that he absolutely knows it's going to continue to be Kyle Allen under center. They can start to tailor that offense and make sure he's comfortable without looking over his shoulder. Okay, lots of good information there. We just got another minute here. So what about a couple of guys you might want to consider selling high on right now because of possible uh, situations you know, with the schedule and all not being favorable? Okay, I'll give you one guy at each position. At the quarterback, I'll take Josh Allen. He's kind of, you know, a low-end starter right now, but he's got all top ten defenses versus the quarterback and top five guys limiting quarterback running for the rest of the season. So Josh Allen is a guy who's probably peaked. Um, so if you're starting him or, or considering uh, streaming him, he's, he's probably maxed out his value. guy I hate saying this about because he's the cornerstone of some of my teams so far, and he's been great, is Derrick Henry. He's got a lot of top five run defenses down the stretch, and since they have a very favorable passing schedule, as we mentioned earlier, you know, they could rely a little bit more on Tannehill and a little bit less on Henry. So unless he gets involved in the pass game some more, he's going to be probably one of those caution plays throughout the playoffs. 
wide receiver, Tyrell Williams. Um, he scored in almost every game he's played so far, but he hasn't played um, a, great, a lot of defenses which are good at stopping the wide receiver. He's got all top ten defenses versus wide receivers the last five games of the year. His target shares are dropping with Darren Waller, and his TD rate is really unsustainable. So I think Williams is a guy I'd be trying to sell while his value is maxed out. And then one of the guys that's in the top tight ends in the league all year is Austin Hooper, especially in PPR. But in weeks 14 to 16, they actually face teams that are in the top five in the fewest tight end receptions allowed. So if you're in a position where Hooper's help gets you into a good playoff position, boy, this would be a great time to think about using his name value, getting a guy like maybe a Greg Olson I mentioned earlier who's better set up for the playoff run and get some name value from Hooper to shore up one of the other positions that might be weaker in your lineup. Yeah, that's what you want to do, people. You don't want to just trade Hooper for Olsen. Anyone will do that. You want to trade Hooper and a scrub for Olsen and then a uh, solid fantasy running back starter or wide receiver starter, preferably like a number two wide receiver or number two running back, something like that, because uh, you're, you're talking with Hooper. You're talking about the top guy at PPR right now, clearly the top guy. But those, right. uh, that's, that's uh, a lot of tough scheduling, you know, and that's what you need to look at for the fantasy playoffs if you're going to be playing in it. Anyway, we'll be right back after this message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, let's give Chris a chance to rest his vocal cords here. Uh, please visit our website, ffmastermind.com. Uh, we offer free Eye in the Sky scouting reports, in-season reports, including ones uh, covering the Colts uh, from Reed, uh, Chris Rito here uh, twice a week, uh, once on Monday, Tuesday, and then once again an update or preview for the coming week on Thursday, Friday. Anyway, uh, of course, we're uh, pumping out the free uh, NFL quick bits. All the information that's non-injury-related is posted there. Uh, all of our premium uh, all of our injury quick bits is premium, are premium right now. In addition to that, the weekly fantasy newsletter includes expanded picks to click and flick for the week, the market feature. Uh, we're basically ranking about 70 players across all the positions. NFL game matchup analysis from John Cooney as well as my mastermind moments. We post our rankings on Wednesday evening after all the uh, practice reports are out so we don't uh, you know, give you misleading information. We take all the injuries into account, and then we update it again on Saturday afternoon all after all the latest uh, injury reports for the Monday night game have come out. Of course, John Holler does his, offers his inside slant as well as Holler from the cheap seats where he talks specifically about this late season schedule for fantasy playoffs for all 32 teams in the NFL. So you can kind of get a reading. What, oh, Baltimore's got a really good one. So you got Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson, you're good there. But if you got Atlanta, it's not so good, you know. So that helps you also if you want to consider making trades. And please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. By the way, the rest of the season is only 12.95. 
for the weekly in-season newsletter with daily releases. I think it's a pretty good deal for the price of a pizza. You can try us out. Anyway, all right, let's go to the picks to click and flick for week 10. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like, Chris, if you can talk, and let me know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing more certain in life than death taxes and Philip Rivers playing in the black hole. He loves playing at Oakland. This is his last time before they moved to Vegas. Uh, and look at his last nine starts in Oakland. He has five 300-yard games and two 400-yard games. He's averaged two-and-a-half touchdowns a game. You couple this with the fact the Raiders are allowing the most touchdown passes per game and the second-most fantasy points to quarterbacks. This should be fantasy goals for Phil Rivers this week. And then I know, believe it or not, I like Mitch Trubisky this week. Yeah, I know it's Mitch Trubisky. But this is a week with a ton of good fantasy quarterbacks on a bye, so you might be desperate. Mitch has only thrown for 300 yards five times in his career. Two of those games are against the Lions, including his career-high 355 last year. He only has three games with three touchdown passes in his career. Two are against the Lions. And the Lions' pass defense is the worst in the NFL, 29 fantasy points per game, and is getting worse each week due to injury and trades. He saves his job this week, I believe. Okay. Uh, i got a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Jameis Winston had a really good game against Seattle. Uh, they still lost the game in overtime. Guess what? He gets Oakland. Uh, I'm sorry. He gets Arizona this week. Uh, their pass defense is almost just as bad. Even uh, Patrick Peterson came back and couldn't stop. Emmanuel Sanders had a bad game. I like Jameis Winston this week. And like you said, Drew Brees against Atlanta at home. That's automatic. 350 yards, three scores in that game. So you're going to start Drew Brees and smile. A couple guys that I'd be worried about this. You're going to start Russell Wilson. But guess what, people? He plays on Monday night in San Francisco against a defense that's just coming off being uh, uh, pushed around like they had not been pushed around all year long in Arizona. And so they're going to be – I know they lost Quan Alexander, but they're going to be upset about this, and they're going to do their best. I think this is going to be more of a low-scoring game than a high-scoring game. So be careful with Russell Wilson this week. You know, if you've got two stud running, uh, quarterbacks like Wilson and Breeze, go with Breeze. Anyway, uh, the other guy this week, Baker Mayfield. Wow, he just – I think he's going to struggle against the Bills. Like I said, he has not thrown uh, more than one touchdown pass in a game. Uh, He's not targeting OBJ when he should. He's impatient. He he doesn't believe in throwing in the coverage, even though he's got one of the best receivers in the the, the league uh, as a target. Forget it. Sit him this week. How about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about this week and why, Chris? I was a guy who doesn't believe in throwing in the coverage, leading the league in interceptions. I will let that go for now. (laughs) But – uh, I don't like Kirk Cousins this week. He's not fared well when he's faced a, a solid pass rush. The Cowboys are starting to do that a little bit better with Michael Bennett there. And with Thielen still out and the power running game with Dalvin Cook, I just don't expect a big volume day or success from Cousins this week. Dallas is only allowing 13.5 fantasy points per game, and only one quarterback gone over 18 points so far, and that was with that fluky Sam Darnold game with a 95-yard touchdown. And aside from his Pro Bowl 2016 season, he's never topped 250 yards versus Dallas and has most of his games under 200 yards. So there's bad history here as well. Sit Cousins for sure. And then uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know he's coming off a big week. He's on a roll. He rolls into Indy without his two top weapons, as you mentioned earlier, Mark Walton and, and, and Preston Williams. Depleted cast to face the Colts D that's been very good at home. Um, they've held every quarterback below his averages all season since week two and only 11 points per game the last two weeks. Fitz has killed his former teams the last two years. And believe me, there's a lot of them, but he's struggled against almost everyone else. And, he, by the way, he never played for Indy. So, sit him again this week. Okay. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? I love Mark Ingram to have another big week. Yes, the Bengals are very bad against the runs, second most fantasy points per game. Yes, the Ravens can and will run the ball a ton. But Ingram's also got some good history here. He's faced Cincy three times in his career. He's averaged 17 PPR points per game in those three games. And he scored four touchdowns in his last three divisional road games. 
this looks like a good week to kill the clock and save some wear and tear on Lamar Jackson. So Ingram could be in for a good volume load. And then I like Derrick Henry this week. I know I don't like him in the fantasy playoffs. I like him this week. He's on a bit of a roll. The Titans know the only way to slow down the Chiefs will be to keep that offense on the sidelines. Lucky for them, the Chiefs are very poor at stopping the run, especially a power back like Henry uh, inside where Casey is the weakest. Casey's also allowed the most receiving yards and touchdowns to running backs. So even though Henry hasn't done it a lot, he's had some successful screens. So I look for a chance for some screen plays and some use for Henry in the passing game as well this week. Yeah, there's uh, he scored on one of those this past week. He had one on the ground and one in the air. And uh, I think it was the second score in the air going all the way back to week one. I know this because I, I'm monitoring him, <laughs> comparing him to Philip Lindsay, who I drafted instead. They're almost about equal. Anyway, a couple of running backs this week um, that I like. Marlon Mack, uh, they're playing the Dolphins. Okay, no no. There's nothing more to be said there. And David Montgomery, because he's playing at home against the Detroit Lions, and like you say, uh, it's looking maybe good for Trubinsky. Maybe he might not have to throw that much because Montgomery's had some good games here, and uh, Detroit is kind of uh, – their, their whole defense is kind of struggling there. So I, I think that Montgomery's going to have a good game. A couple of guys I'd be careful about this week, Devonta Freeman. Obviously, he can catch passes, but if you're in a non-PPR league, the Saints are going to limit him. I wouldn't expect much yardage in this game. And Joe Mixon, the last time he played the Ravens, he totaled 39 yards, 39 yards. So I don't sit, I don't start Joe Mixon if at all possible, although most of you probably will have to because of the bye week situation and because you drafted him probably as your first running back or number two in the second round. Uh, so, you know, just start him and cross your fingers and hope he gets more than 39 yards. How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'm not crazy about Kenyon Drake for obvious reasons. He had a little bit of a fluky game on the short week. He exploded. He had something to prove in his Arizona debut. But David Johnson is expected back this week, so he's going to split time at best. And he faces a very stout run defense that rarely gets tested. Um, They've allowed the second-fewest rushing attempts so far. So unless he gets a lot of run in the passing game, which David Johnson also does, I expect very low fantasy success this week. Remember, don't chase last week's points. And then uh, Chris Carson, uh, for the second week in a row, last week – he managed to top 100 yards against that Tampa defense, but 60 came on one play, and he also fumbled a couple of times, you know, so that, that reared up again, so that, that's been a problem for him. Against a much more aggressive and well-rested San Francisco run defense, I think the running room is going to be even harder to come by than it was last week against Tampa. Frisco's only allowed two running backs to top nine PPR points so far, and Carson is not as explosive. He's much more volume-based than the two that did it. So I think he's a real caution play on Monday Night Football. Okay, what about uh, wide receiver? Who do you like there? I mentioned him earlier, but I like Robbie Anderson starting this week. G-men are giving up a ton of points to fantasy receivers, especially on deep strikes. If you watch Monday Night Football, you saw Dallas go deep a lot more than usual because of this. Crowder has taken advantage of the poor slot coverage a few times recently, and he got a ton of targets. But he has exactly two more than Anderson since week one. So I look for several deep strikes to Anderson, and along as, as long as only one of those hits, He's worth a start as a wide receiver three with strong upside in any format. And then Chris Godwin, he's kind of been lost in Mike Evans' explosion the last couple weeks, but Chris Godwin's still getting a ton of targets. He hasn't scored since week five, but since then he's averaging eight catches and 11 targets per game the last five games. So, so he's overdue, and with Peterson uh, spending a lot of time on the white-hot Evans, I look for Godwin to have a real big game against a very suspect pass defense. Evans also has been very inefficient in his games versus Peterson in the past, only catching nine of 26 targets. So I think Godwin could excel and make up that difference this week. 
Okay. A couple of wide receivers I like this week. Christian Kirk, uh, yeah, big disappointment against the 49ers last week. But guess what? I think he's going to rebound against the terrible Bucks secondary. They couldn't stop anyone. Uh, DK Metcalf, Ryan, uh, uh, Tyler Lockett, Jacob Hollister. I mean, everyone was scoring. So I think Kirk's going to score in this game. And over in your area of the country, Zach Pascal with Ty Hilton out, uh, T.Y. Hilton out. Another uh, couple of weeks with that calf injury. If they face in the Dolphins secondary, it's a big home game too. So I think it's going to be a big game for Pascal. So if you start them, if you need them, start them. A couple of guys I'm, I'm careful about or be care, be cautious about, D.K. Metcalf, we just mentioned that. I think the 49ers are going to be all over him this week. Uh, you know, Tyler Locke has got that mind mill thing going on with uh, <laughs> with Russell Wilson. He's a must-start. But uh, the second secondary receivers, I think, are going to struggle against the 49ers, and that means D.K. Metcalf, be careful there. And over in Cincinnati, this should be the return of A.J. Green. We don't know yet because this is Tuesday. If you're listening to this Tuesday, this is uh, sound advice. It may change later in the week, but we're assuming that A.J. Green is going to play. There's a new quarterback, Brian Finley, so Andy Dalton's out. They're playing the Ravens secondary on Tate. I don't know how much action he's actually going to see in this game because Tyler Boyd's going to keep starting, uh, and, you know, maybe Tate will be the number three there. Maybe the suit quarterback might like him, but – I don't know. I, there's a whole bunch of ifs there, and I don't like any of it, so I'm sitting on tape this week. How about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Boy, I'm really worried about Juju. It's been a real struggle for this guy to put up points, and the target share simply isn't allowing it. Three of his last five games have been under two PPR points. That's insane. Now he's facing a team that will have a motivated Jalen Ramsey probably across from him and a, and a young quarterback that's favoring other guys in the check down. Looks like a sure shot at low volume this week. And then Jarvis Landry. He's been getting twice the targets of Odell the last few weeks, but only the same productivity, while OBJ dealt with strong one-on-one cover corners. This week they returned to force-feeding the ball to OBJ, I think, with a lesser but still good cover guy out there. Buffalo has not really allowed anything to wide receivers, so I think the pickings are slim, and I believe Landry's target share will be reduced, giving him a smaller share of an even smaller pie. Okay, I'm at a couple of tight ends you like and why. I do like Mike Gesicki this week. Uh, the Colts are fairly vulnerable to the tight end, and the, the Dolphins are running out of offensive options as well. Fitzpatrick seemed to be using Gesicki very confidently. He was a big factor in the first win last week, so I think he's got another shot at some decent volume you can get off the waiver wire to get you through the bye week. And then Mark Andrews. Um, first eight weeks, Andrews had between seven and nine targets every game and was solid every week. Then the Pats held him to three catches while the other two tight ends lit it up. Don't use that as, as, as typical. He's going to be right back to seven to nine targets again and could reproduce his huge week six game against these same Bengals with six catches for 99 yards. Cincinnati's only played a couple of good tight ends, and they both had big games. Play Andrews without worry. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Hunter Henry, a hot tight end. The Raiders defense that plays four against the tight end uh, equals fantasy click. So you start him, of course. Uh, Gerald Everett, we talk, you talked about him earlier. I think he's going to score on a leaky Steelers secondary that struggles against the tight end this week. A couple of guys I'd be careful about. Jacob Hollister, you know, he, he had a big game last week against the Bucks, two scores, including the game winner. Well, the 49ers have allowed one tight end score in all of 2019. So, I'm taking Jacob Hollister off my streaming list at tight end. And Trey Burton really hadn't done anything for the Bears. You, I know you like Trubinsky this week, but, boy, I think, uh, I think that's a that's – a, that's a, a, they're just – talk about the anti-mind bell, but I don't know Trey Burton hadn't done anything, so I, I wouldn't even try to start him this week. I like Jacecki much better if you're going to stream a tight end. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Let's go with the veteran Jason Witten. His history against the Giants is legendary. He lived up to it on Monday Night Football. But his recent history on short weeks is not so hot. 
I went back to 19 or 19 just 15. He's not that old. To 2015. <laughs> Uh, and he has not had more than one catch on the game after a Monday night football week with a maximum of 10 yards receiving. Since Minnesota is also the only team not to allow a tight end touchdown, I would say that Witten stands a low chance of having a big fantasy day here. And then I don't like Jimmy Graham. I don't think I really like Jimmy Graham at all anyway, but the Panthers have been amongst the best at limiting tight end fantasy production, and he's been a forgotten guy in this offense. Like I said, the running backs have taken a lot of his targets. He's been below 30 yards and seven PPR points six of his nine games. He's only cracked double digits, barely, when he scored a touchdown. He's a matchup-dependent play at best, and this is not a good matchup. Okay. How about a couple of uh, well, one-hit wonders at kicker and defense, Chris? I'm going to start with Matt Gay, the kicker for the Bucks. He's been really solid with Tampa Bay's offense getting better, and Arizona allows a ton of fantasy kicking points. He's probably on your waiver wire. And then Chris Boswell is still largely unowned, about 60% uh, uh, unowned. So he's got four 10-plus point games in the last five, and the Rams allow the most long field goals. So Boswell's the guy you want to pick up. And like you mentioned earlier when we, you and I talked offline, keep him for the, through the playoff drive. A couple of defenses I like. I like Indianapolis at home versus Miami. Like I said, they play better at home. They get an undermanned Dolphin team and a need to rely on the defense with some offensive injuries for the Colts themselves. And then in that Jets-Giants matchup in the Meadowlands, I like the Jets' defense of the two of them. The Giants are just simply a turnover machine, and they allowed four defensive touchdowns already. So I'm going to lay my bets on the Jets' defense of the two in this one. Okay. We want to remind everyone that a premium uh, newsletter purchase gets you free access to our subscriber forum, where there's nearly 4,000 subscribers registered waiting to voice their opinions. Thanks for joining us. This uh, For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week. When we preview week 11, yes, people, we're coming into the home stretch. Good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.